0: and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have.
1: Thank you for joining us for another edition of We Talk Health. This is Lori Smith and I am here with Amy White, nurse practitioner with our GYN specialist for West Tennessee Medical Group. Amy, we are here today to talk about breast cancer awareness and to talk about some different facts and risk factors that women need to know about. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience and how you've worked or any personal experience you've had with breast cancer?
0: Sure. Thank you. First, thanks for having me. And let me just say that breast cancer and talking about breast cancer is one of the most anxiety producing topics for me. Personally, one of my very best friends was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 38. Thankfully, due to early detection and treatment, she's doing very well. But it is a topic that hits close to home for me. I Dad's mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in her 70s and she died. And I believe that she died because she did not go have her yearly mammograms. I believe she'd still be with us today. And when it's my time to go have a mammogram every year, it is just a very stressful day. And so I think as a, as a woman, it's important for us to know our risk factors, to know what to do if we fill a lump, to know who to call and what the steps are if that happens. So.
1: That's great. So we're going to unpack that just a little bit because there's a lot of good stuff there. Breast cancer. I know as a woman, I think those are probably the two most feared words that we could hear. Sure. You know, according to the American Cancer Society, where does breast cancer fall kind of on the scale of sure. being
0: diagnosed or common among women? Well, it is the second most common type of cancer in women, only second to skin cancer. 270,000 women are diagnosed with breast cancer yearly. But the good news is that mortality rates are decreasing over the past few years, and I think that's because we're finding it earlier and we have better treatment options. risk factor over our lifetime as a woman is 1 in 8. So that means if you have a group of 8 women, one of them is going to develop breast cancer in her life. Statistically speaking, that's 12 to 13% of women but that also means that 85% of us will not get breast cancer so so that's a bright spot there so
1: we've talked about the statistics let's talk about risk factors because of those statistics what kind of risk factors should women know about to know if they would
0: fall in that 12 to 13%? Well, the two main risk factors are, number one, being a female, and number two, getting older, things that we cannot control. Mm-hmm. And so I've, in studying and in researching, I thought that we could just break it down into risk factors that are out of our control mm-hmm. and risk factors that are in our control. So what can we do to prevent breast cancer, and then what are some things that are it's just going to happen? Like I said, one is gender. We're female, so our risk is higher. And as we have more birthdays, our risk for breast cancer goes up. Women over 70 are at higher risk than women that are 30. So also other things that are out of our control is how old we are when we start our period and how old we are when we go through menopause. So the more time that we are influenced by hormones, meaning when we start our period and when we stop having our period, that if that time frame is longer, then we're at increased risk. Breast density, which again is just another podcast in itself. There's a lot of research about that out right now, but specific to this podcast, just I think it's important for women to know that if their breasts are described as dense on their mammogram, then that makes it harder to identify tumors on mammogram and just having dense breast period increases your risk of breast cancer. Personal history, if you've had breast cancer once, you're more likely to get it again. Family history, if you have a first-degree relative, meaning a mother, a sister, or a daughter that has breast cancer, then you're at greater risk to develop breast cancer. If you have multiple relatives on either side of your family that have breast cancer, that puts you at higher risk. And then one that we don't see a lot, but if you've had a history of radiation to your chest for like a lymphoma or something like that when you are less than 30, that puts you at increased risk. And then things that we can control is our physical activity. Exercise decreases your risk. Obesity increases your risk. Women that are obese or have a higher BMI are more likely to develop breast cancer. Hormones, and again, that's another podcast too, but the shorter period of time that we can take hormone replacement therapy when we're going through menopause, that's going to decrease our risk of breast cancer. First pregnancies after the age of 30, breastfeeding does decrease your risk of breast cancer. And then just not smoking. I mean, we know smoking causes so many different types of cancer, but breastfeeding is one of them. And then alcohol. There are lots of studies that show us that women that drink more alcohol are more prone to develop breast cancer.
1: I appreciate the way you broke that down of things out of our control and things that we can't control because... I always tend to worry about the things that I cannot control. Don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely, you know, we can impact those things that we can't control. So those are great. Now, okay, we know the statistics. Now we know the risk factors. Now tell us what happens if I'm doing my monthly self-examination and I feel something that doesn't feel right. What do I need to do and what are the steps that a woman should take? What we would like for
0: you to do is to call us and we will get you in just as soon as possible, because that is such a source of anxiety for people when they are examining their breast or in the shower or scratching or something, they just feel a lump and and that needs to be evaluated very quickly. So we're happy to get people in and evaluate that. And then we will, based on the results of the exam, we'll order diagnostic tests to include a mammogram and possibly an ultrasound, depending on age and when your last mammogram was and that sort of thing. But the most important thing is to not wait and to come in as quickly as possible. You know, nine times out of 10, it's gonna be benign and nothing to worry about, but just to have the peace of mind that comes with the diagnostics that we have available.
1: And we hear a lot about getting your mammograms, especially in October, Mm -hmm. but not all of us are scheduled to do that in October, we're scheduled throughout the year. So the importance of mammograms, because breast cancer is not always necessarily found from a lump. I mean, it could be.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, we that's the nice thing about mammograms mm-hmm. is the early detection. We do recommend that women over 40 have a yearly mammogram. Mm-hmm. The American Cancer Society recommends yearly after 40. In some age groups, they say every other year. But personally, I like for my patients to have a mammogram yearly. Then they say you are to have them until life expectancy is less than 10 years. And so, but I tell patients the story of my husband's grandmother. She was 92, had breast cancer lived another 10 years. So, you know, and she didn't die from breast cancer. So I just think every patient is individual and you have to look at at that. But definitely yearly starting at 40, unless you have a first degree relative that was diagnosed at a young age premenopausally. And in that case, then we do mammograms 10 years prior to their age of diagnosis. So, for instance, if my mother had breast cancer at age 40, I would start having mammograms at age 30.
1: So, first step, the mammogram. Mm -hmm. What happens after that, after the mammogram? If there is, I guess if if I'm a patient, I found a lump, or I'm just having my regular yearly mammogram, Mm -hmm. and something is detected. What's the next step?
0: So the next step would be we would most likely schedule an ultrasound if they haven't already done that when they did the mammogram and then we would refer you to a general surgeon. There's a special group that you know you are evaluated by your gynecologist or your PCP for the lump and then you go to have your mammogram and then you're referred you should be referred to a general surgeon. And from that they'll do recommend a biopsy likely and from those biopsy results they will type the cancer. Or, or if it's not cancer, you know, it's benign. That That's the best case scenario. But the surgeon will make recommendations based on the results of the biopsy. And then, you know, if you need to go see an oncologist, we have that. It's a team approach.
1: Okay. So one other question that I have, and it is kind of related to genetic testing. Mm-hmm. I hear some people, or I've had friends before that have said that they've gone and gotten tested for the BRCA gene. Right either their mom or their sister or someone in their family had breast cancer, and they just want to know if they have the gene. So can you talk just a little bit? I don't want to get too detailed, but can you just talk a little bit about that?
0: Well, what they'll want to know is what they're actually testing for is a mutation or a change in that particular gene. Certain inherited changes to that gene, the BRCA gene, can make it more likely to develop cancer. It is that change that can be passed from a parent to a child. So the BRCA gene is a tumor suppressive gene. And when this changes, it no longer suppresses normal cell growth. So if someone is positive for BRCA1 or BRCA2 mutation, then they know they are more likely to develop breast and or ovarian cancer.
1: Any other tidbits we need to know about?
0: Well, we talked about lumps. I think that that's not the only thing that brings people in. There are other signs and symptoms of breast cancer. The most common, of course, being a new lump or mass, but um, these places are typically painless and they can feel firm with irregular edges around them. But other possible symptoms include just swelling of the breast, dimpling where the nipple kind of inverts, where it has normally not been inverted, breast pain or nipple pain. Typically breast cancer is not painful, but pain can be a symptom. Skin on the nipple or on the breast that looks red or feels thicker than the other skin around. And then nipple discharge in women that are not lactating or breastfeeding. If you see a nipple discharge, then that's a cause for concern and you need to come in and have that evaluated. Uh, Swollen lymph nodes under the arms, sometimes we notice those and that's a, a sign. So those are some... Other things, other than just your typical lump that people need to look for and be aware of, is just typical breast health. Just be aware of your body, what your normal breasts look like, and that way you're better able to identify any changes over the year. You know, we check your breasts one time a year. If you're over 40, you get a mammogram one time a year. But you being aware of what your body looks like and feels like is important to recognize changes that happen. Definitely. A lot can happen in a year. It sure can. It sure can. Sure.
1: Okay. Well, and I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that we're speaking mainly about women today, but, oh, true. Yeah. but men could, could also be diagnosed with breast cancer.
0: That true? is true. Okay. That is true. And if your father or brother have breast cancer, that does put you at risk for developing breast cancer. I personally cannot speak much about men having breast cancer, but <laughs> it does happen, and it, it, it is real.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Amy White, who is a nurse practitioner at Western C. Medical Group GYN Specialist, along with Dr. Don Wilson and Dr. Jeff Ball. If you are looking for a GYN Specialist, a gynecologist in this area, you may call Weston C. Medical Group GYN Specialist at 731 660 3344 and schedule an appointment. Or if it's time for your mammogram and you don't currently have a provider, please give them a call. They would love to see you. And these are three wonderful providers who have. Have been taking care of women for a long time and doing an excellent job. So Amy, we thank you for being on the podcast today. And we already mentioned a few other podcasts just in conversation that we need to set up and talk more about bone density and there was one more that we'll have to schedule and maybe do a series on women's health. So um, we always appreciate your expertise. So listeners, you can find the phone number to the clinic and a link to the website in the description below. Thank you again for listening to this edition of We Talk Health Podcast.